Welcome to the Wandering Pilgrims podcast. Thank you for joining us today. Today, we will be doing the fifth installment in our Pilgrim's Progress discussion series. Um, Just to give you a little information about it, it is written by John Bunyan in the 1600s. For about 200 years, it was the second uh, best-selling book outside the Bible. Um, But in the past 70, 100 years, it's kind of fallen out of favor in the world. And we definitely think that it's something that needs to be brought back and put back into the hands of people of faith and people trying to understand and learn more about their faith. Um, I will say, spoiler alert, I've been pretty bad about not including that (laughs) in the past couple, in the past podcasts anyway, but definitely spoiler alert because we would definitely recommend that you either read it along with this or read it and then come back to it or just do a refresher um because there's really a lot here mm-hmm. so quick recap i guess um this follows the story of christian slash graceless at the beginning um and you can check out all of the other podcasts we've done from beginning to now about his journey. Um, last episode, we dealt with his fight with Apollyon, the Valley of Humiliation or Humility, the uh, Valley of the Shadow of Death, and him meeting up with Faithful. Mm-hmm. So this episode will pretty much just be discussing where they end up next, which is a huge part of the story. And with that, let's get ready to dive in. So, this episode probably covers the part that I love to talk about the most. Mm-hmm. And it is a town <clears throat> called Vanity. Yep. In Vanity, There's they have a, a fair. A never ending fair. Mm-hmm. So it is called Vanity Fair. <laughs> yep. Um There's so much here, I just want to say that before we even dive in. Mm-hmm. And especially to me, this is one of the most relatable parts to to now Mm -hmm. out of the whole book. Um, So I really like dissecting it. Yeah. So let's see. So let's let's talk about vanity in and of itself. Mm -hmm. The word vanity. So vanity... A lot of people think of looks when they think of vanity because you actually get ready and put your makeup on at a vanity. Um, So conceited, um, Mm -hmm. self-important, inflated sense of self or pride. Mm -hmm. I think those are all good ways to put it, to kind of round it out a little more. The way you want the world to view you. Rather than the way that you are. And typically people have, when you have someone that personifies vanity, Mm -hmm. 
it's typically in an area of their life, either yeah. their appearance or things they own, mm. jobs they have, yeah. things like that. So I'm guessing that was a problem then. Yeah. <laughs> oh, for sure. It's a pro- it's an issue um, that Paul talks about in his letters to Timothy. He talks about it. These these women in the church that. <laughs> That's right. I that, remember what you're talking that about. That wear now. pretty clothes. And, they were going for the wrong reasons. Yep. All right. Yep, it's talked about several times. And any reference, as far as I know, any reference to Vanity Fair? This is the first reference of the term Vanity Fair that I've ever heard of. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. But it makes sense, seeing as what the book is about. Yeah. So, magazine. <laughs> yeah. So that that right. kind of gives us a a broader mm-hmm. perspective on the place that mm-hmm. Christian or faithful are going now. Yeah. Um, so it's a place full of people and things that feel self-important, that are conceited, that care about appearance and mm-hmm. looks. They're very superficial here mm-hmm. and materialistic. Yep. So when we begin this journey... Um, into Vanity Fair in the book. Mm-hmm. It starts talking about the history of the place Vanity yeah, Fair. why it's there. And who set it up. Hmm. Because, let's be honest, mm-hmm. either there was this very nice place that he got to stop on his journey, Christian, yeah. or it was not a good place. Yeah. There wasn't any fakery. Yeah. I guess, because that's kind of how I think of this place, is it's a mm-hmm. facade yeah. to to look pretty, to seem you know, materialism. Uh, it goes yeah. hand in hand with it a lot of the time. So, this is the first place, I think, where if you're, to me, if they hadn't been warned about it, mm-hmm. it would have been one of the harder ones to pick out. Yeah. If, if they didn't know going in what they were mm-hmm. in for, yeah. at least a little bit. Um, so Vanity Fair, they tell us, was set up thousands of years ago yep. on the path to the celestial city on purpose. Yep. By three people. Mm. Well. Three beings. Beelzebub, yep. Apollyon, and Legion. Legion. So, they did it because they knew pilgrims would have to go through it. Yep. Everything you could ever imagine or want in this world... Is sold at Vanity Fair. At Vanity Fair. So, they even talk about what all you can buy there. So, you can buy houses to add to Vanity. You can buy lands to add to Vanity. They say trades in one Mm -hmm. version. I, I believe they're alluding to jobs. Yeah. Um, honors and titles Mm -hmm. countries and kingdoms even could Mm -hmm. be sold there and bought there and then of course they go into the lusts and pleasures and and those those kind of you understand where they're going right Mm -hmm. all of these seem 
I don't know, you would expect them to be there when you're thinking about this place. Mm -hmm. But then they get to these parts where, I don't know, to me it's, it's ones that you would have to be more careful of. Yeah. Because it starts listing wives and husbands and children. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then, of course, it picks back up with gold and silver and jewels and servants yeah. and everything else. But in the middle of this is husbands, wives, and children. Yep. Things that are sold at Vanity Fair mm-hmm. for you to take superficial pride in, yeah. potentially. So, are we talking trophy wife here, or yeah. something? I mean, well, there, 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 there are places in the world today where you can still buy a husband or buy a wife. You can buy as many adopted children as you want. That's true. Now, that's not to say that you shouldn't adopt children. Obviously, <laughs> if that's what you want to do, you should do it. But. What you shouldn't do is do it as a status thing. To say, to say, look, look, look at all these these kids that I've helped. Yeah. You know. I I can see and, that, and that, I think that's part. That's in part of what it's saying. All of these things, in and of themselves, as achievements, are okay. Yeah, it's okay to have a house, a land, yeah. to earn a <laughs> it's title. Totally okay. But specifically Maybe buying Maybe not lusts them, and pleasures so much. Things are being sold at this fair specifically for vanity. Yeah. And for your it. own ego boost. Exactly. They're not there for you mm-hmm. to work hard to achieve them. Yeah. You can pay money and it's yours. Mm-hmm. Or, well, we're assuming money. <laughs> yeah. But, <clears throat> so, this place is definitely unlike any of the others we have discussed yet in this book. And there are, I don't know how many people who listen to this have been to a fair, like a a county fair or a state fair, and you have rows and rows and rows of things to eat and things to buy Mm -hmm. and everything. So this fair is set up like that. Um, It tells us each row basically is a country, different Mm -hmm. country and everything. So they show off all of their best things from that country in each row. But, again, (laughs) I find this funny after we talked about the giants. Mm -hmm. Um, In the long version, again, he makes a note of the fact that Rome is the chief row with the chief commodities here. But that Britain's... (laughs) don't care for them much anymore. Yeah. Basically. And I'm like, really? So we're, we're talking <laughs> about... Second okay, reference. <laughs> let's throw that in there again. All right. Okay. Yeah. But I know we talked about it a little more with <clears throat> the giants yeah. in, the la- in the other episode, so I don't really want to go down that rabbit hole again. Because <laughs> that's just... Man, that shows you the times, don't it? Yeah. It was written. Yeah, I mean, it's a... Yeah. But... Anyway, okay. Um, They kind of make a comparison Uh of the fair to when Jesus was tempted in the desert Uh by the devil. Um, And that 
he he was tempted by all of these things and he was he was offered the world he was offered the kingdoms and yeah. he and he turned them down so the reference here was was a nice addition a nice correlation mm-hmm. there or at least I thought so so that that kind of sets up the entry to our pilgrims yeah gives us all the background so faithful and Christian mm-hmm. go in now to this place mm-hmm. and apparently they stick out like a sore thumb yeah <clears throat> yeah for several reasons yeah so the clothes that they're wearing uh, number one um, as far as I know Christian is still wearing armor armor <laughs> yeah um, I'm not really sure what Faithful is wearing um, but they're clo- they're it's kind of referenced as clothes that are befitting to who they are yeah they're humble clothes they're not you know well Christians are warriors clothes yeah but they're going through and everyone else is wearing all these colors and all these van- these clothes of vanity colorful like trying to show off um, so everyone stares at them <laughs> because they're not because they're dressed funny they're dressed humbly well didn't they all f- they also talked differently yeah like the people they couldn't spoke, understand them yeah and this is I think this is my main this this may be the first time it's referenced in the book what language they speak they talk funny it's hard for everyone else to understand them because they're it says that their their natural language is the language of Canaan mm-hmm and the people at the fair don't mm-hmm. they don't speak, speak that. It. Well, I think the biggest thing, aside from those two things, mm-hmm. stuck out to people. Yeah. Because this is a fair. You're going to have mm-hmm. foreigners from time to time. You're going to yeah. have people that dress funny from time to time. But they wouldn't buy anything. No. They wouldn't buy anything. Or even look at it. Nope. And then again, here, here we are again, when people come up and talk to them, they put their fingers in their ears again. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. they started looking up to heaven so that they wouldn't see what was being offered to them. Yeah. Well, finally, I guess somebody walked up to him and goes, okay, if you're not going to buy anything, what what do you want? Like, yeah. what do you want from us? What do you want to buy? We have it. Mm-hmm. What do you want to buy? What did they say? Faithful looks at the man and says we buy the truth well that caused a ruckus yeah because they don't sell the truth in Vanity Fair no they sell everything in the world but the truth mm-hmm. so this enrages a lot of people to the point of it, call, it they end up getting arrested yeah because of it Mm-hmm. Um, and then because they are deemed the cause yeah. of this they are beaten mm-hmm. and put in a cage like on display so that they can be made a spectacle and people can 
throw rocks at them and kick them and make sport of them and yeah. all this stuff. But they took their punishment with such humility mm-hmm. that people actually started arguing for them mm-hmm. in Vanity Fair. Well, that caused another uproar. Yeah. <laughs> and another fight broke out. Mm-hmm. So, then, they decided to punish them again. So, they beat them again. Mm-hmm. Put them in chains. And let them around the town, like, in as an example. Yep. Like, this is what you get if you cause problems in our town. Yep. And, again, they took their punishment. Which, again, enraged people. And... Other people stood up for them and were like, they're, they're not doing they anything. Do anything. Yeah. But this time when the people got enraged, they started calling for blood. Yep. And this is when they get ready to be put on trial. And mm-hmm. before we go there, I would like to, at least for me, point out the correlation of Christ leading up to crucifixion. Because there were people who were saying he didn't do anything. Yeah. And by the end, I mean, Pilate tried all these other things. He ends up beaten, whipped, everything imaginable. Mm-hmm. To Pilate tried all of those things to appease these people because he didn't believe he deserved crucifixion. Yeah. But they didn't care. They were out for blood. Yep. And that's essentially what you have going on here. Mm -hmm. People who didn't deserve what they got were taking it. Yeah. With meekness and humility and love and kindness. Mm -hmm. So now we get to the trial. And this is where it starts getting more in depth and more, I don't know, there's there's more characters in play here. Yeah. So, the first thing we learn about the trial is the judge. Lord hate good. Mm-hmm. It's not a very nice man. Who would have ever thought from that <laughs> name? Yep. Lord hate good. Who would rather just execute them? period without a trial yeah but have to follow the law because they're civil yes we're civil they have to follow the law right so he calls three witnesses well before we get to the three witnesses Mm -hmm. judge hategood called them disturbers and enemies and he charged them with changing people's minds to their quote-unquote dangerous opinions so, mm-hmm. that's a crime, charging or changing people's mind <laughs> to, quote-unquote, dangerous, dangerous opinions. opinions. Well, Faithful answered him, right? Mm-hmm. He said, well, first off, we didn't really disturb anybody. Yeah. We're men of peace. Mm-hmm. We're, we're peaceful. We're just trying to get through your town. Mm-hmm. And then, as far as... People, he was like people whose minds were changed. They were changed because they saw how we were. Yeah. They were changed because they saw the truth, and the truth was that we didn't do anything. 
Yeah. And then, lastly, <laughs> because the king of this place is Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. Faithful decides to say... <laughs> Something along the lines of, I defy him Uh and all his angels because he is the enemy of my prince. Yep. Do you think that really helped his case any? Probably not. Probably not. Yeah, I don't really think it did. But he wasn't out to do it. No, he wasn't. (laughs) He wasn't. He was out to say the truth. Yep. And Judge Hategood really didn't like that. He did not like that. So then they called the three witnesses. Yep, called three witnesses. The names of these witnesses were envy, superstition, and pick think. Mm. And for anybody wanting to know what that means, <laughs> because I went and looked it up, it means a yes man or a tattler. Mm-hmm. Someone that likes to get attention from authority figures. Yep. Affirmative attention from authority figures. Mm-hmm. So... Envy was first. Mm-hmm. Okay. And he said, uh, what did he say? So he starts off with saying that he's known faithful for a very long time. That's right. That's right. Envy, <laughs> envy lied about knowing him for a long time. And how he said all manner of whole manner of bad things against the judge. I didn't think he and said it about the judge. Pick think. I think that's pick think. Uh, no. Did Envy do yeah, it too? Yeah. Envy, Envy started with the judge and he said that he called um, he says some choice words um, says that he's he has said choice oh, words about the judge. And, the judge. And that he's a brigand and a, a vile fiend. Okay. Um, and then he passes the buck. Oh, he says that I've given plenty of testimony, but just in case the other witnesses don't give enough, I'll give some more when they're done. Well, isn't Envy the one that said that Faithful had told him that Christianity and the laws of their town mm-hmm. were incompatible. Yes. Which was the truth. Mm-hmm. But they didn't like the truth. They don't sell the truth there. Yep. So they don't really like the truth when the truth is spoken. Mm-hmm. So, Envy had his turn, right? Mm-hmm. Now, how many people have met an Envy? I'm sure quite I'm, a few. I'm pretty sure most. <laughs> most people have met an Envy. Mm-hmm. So next we have up superstition. Yep. And he he at least said that he didn't know him. Yeah. Very well. But that faithful had told him that the religion and vanity was <laughs> I'm trying to think of a proper word. Uh What do you think's the best word? <laughs> he says that the religion in in vanity and vanity fair is directly opposed to Christianity. And that they worship in vain. Yep. 
Well, it's in vanity. So, of course, mm-hmm. they worship in vain. Yeah. Their worship is more about glory for themselves mm-hmm. and vanity, mm-hmm. vain vanity, yeah. than whatever or whomever they're worshiping. Mm-hmm. So next, let's pick think. And he said that he had known faithful for a long time as well. Mm-hmm. And pick think, so I guess let's take in this character for a minute, okay? Because yeah. pick think is not a word we use a lot. Yeah. So you've got not this anymore. yes man, mm-hmm. tattler yeah. kind of person, and everybody has met one of those. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're ever anyone's favorite person. <laughs> um, because to be one of those, you're always out for yourself. Yeah. Primarily. Mm-hmm. So, and and I guess more than the other two, since they're out, Pick Think is out for himself, yeah. more so than the other two. He wants the most attention, the most... Um, noteworthy testimony. Yeah. He wants to be recognized as having the most impact and mm-hmm. everything in his testimony against Faithful. So after he's lied and said that he's known him for a long time, mm-hmm. he's telling the judge and the jury, because there is a jury here, yep. that he spoke ag- spoke against their king, Beelzebub. Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. And then... He spoke out against his friends, <clears throat> all of which are lords, by the way. Yeah. And he lists them off. Lord Old Man, which mm-hmm. currently I still don't really understand. <laughs> Lord Carnal Delight. Lord Luxurious or Desirous of Vain Glory. Mm-hmm. That sounds like somebody who has a lot to do with vanity. <laughs> Fair. Um, and another one is called lechery, which yep. basically means lustfulness. Um, and then he goes a step further. So he doesn't just leave it at, at faithful spoke out against all these high, powerful b- people and beings in mm-hmm. the town. He spoke out against you, Judge Hate Good. Yep. He called you an ungodly villain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, basically, Judge Haygood was irate at this point, and... Yeah, he flies off the handle. He's just trying to move through it quickly. Mm-hmm. And then Faithful's like, can I talk? Yeah. So, he he answers them. Uh, he gives three responses for the three witnesses. And for Envy's testimony, he says, People living within a place whose rules and laws that are against God... Uh, are diametrically opposed to Christianity. Diametrically. So, so if you if you live in a place where the rule of law is opposed to the will of God, you can and you believe in that law, you therefore cannot be Christian. Yeah, I can see that. You can't. 
because you, you'd constantly be living in sin. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Willingly so. Exactly. So, two, uh, to superstition, his response is, worship, to worship God requires faith. To have faith requires knowing the will of God and his word. Anything added to the faith that is not the will or word of God does not agree with and does not agree with the word comes from the faith of man and that is a faith that can only lead to destruction. Well, that's loaded for nowadays. Basically, he's saying if if it's not the word of God yeah. It's not the truth. If you're adding things to what the book already says, it's not true. Or trying to find things that aren't there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I don't typically think of the Bible as a read-between-the-lines kind of book. Well, yeah, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is a book. this is a book that has been... That started out as many different books. Well, it's still many different books. And because because there was such a difference in people, uh, what people wanted to read from it, and from these separate books, a council was held, mm-hmm. and they collected all these books. Created the canon. And created the canon. Yeah. Yeah. Which is where the term canon comes from that we use in pop culture (laughs) but yeah so anything that is added anything that is added by men can only come from men and therefore is not true well it also touches on knowing you know you've got to know the word you've got to have faith that's where your faith comes from when anything's added if you don't know the word for yourself Mm mm-hmm then you can't pick out when somebody's adding to it. Exactly. And and distorting it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important that we... I mean, that's one of the reasons we started this podcast, is to encourage people to get back to reading it for themselves. Yeah. That doesn't mean don't listen to your pastor. Yeah. But you want to make sure it's your soul. Yeah. It's it's your it's your life. It's your, it's your journey. Yeah. You want to make sure that you, yeah. you're on the right path. Mm-hmm. And that you're following the right leaders. And uh, I would think that most good pastors would not have a problem with you walking up after service and going, "Uh, I didn't really, you know, I thought it meant this. Mm -hmm. So I don't really understand. You know, I don't think they'll have a problem with that. And if they do, that might be why you didn't connect with the sermon. So it's really important for us to know it for ourselves. Yeah. So, thirdly, uh, to pick think, he says, The prince of this town, being who he is, created all of the things in, the, in this fair. These things being fit for a being from hell. Basically, mm. what he's saying That's is... That's cheerful. Is Beelzebub, your king, created all of the stuff in this town. Because... It's things that he likes. 
he can have them. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're meaningless. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, they certainly are. Mm-hmm. So, the judge refers to the jury who's been standing there listening the whole time. And these jurors have names like Blind Man and Malice, Live Loose, High Mind, Enmity, Liar, Cruelty, Implacable, and refers them to make their decision. But before they do, he wants to remind them of the law. These three laws being the first law that he has broken, being put forth by the Pharaoh the Great uh, to kill all baby boys so that their faith wouldn't grow strong. Or their people. Or their people. Uh, This was to prevent mischievousness. So basically... The law from Moses is time. Yeah, Exodus one twenty two is and, where this is referenced. And they said they called Pharaoh the Great a servant of their lord. Of Beelzebub. Mm-hmm. Yep. All three of these lawmakers are servants. Okay. Um, Nebuchadnezzar um, creates a law. Uh, by which those who do not worship his golden image should be thrown into the fiery furnace. Yep. That's the story of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Mm-hmm. From is... Daniel, Daniel 3. Yep, 16 through 18. Uh, and then Dar- uh, Darius, um, to call on any god other than him, uh, would... End you, up, end you up in the lion's, the lion's den. den. So we're talking Daniel mm-hmm. 6 Daniel here. Six. All of these laws were therefore broken by faithful simply for the fact that he was born, he spoke out, and his deeds. Yep. Didn't take much to break a law, did it? So then these jurors give, they leave. They and deliberate for they what, deliberate like 10 minutes? For, yeah, like all of two seconds. And they come back and he asks them what their, what their verdict is. And Blind Man is the first one. He was he the says, foreman, right? Yeah, he was the foreman. Uh, blind Man says, see clearly... He is a heretic. Yeah, the blind man says so clearly. says, hang him. Um, a couple more call him, you know, sorry scrub, and they call him names. Um, Away with this person. Mm-hmm. Hang him. Hang him. Uh, uh, cruelty says, hanging is too good for him. Mm-hmm. Um... Implacable says, even for all the world, I couldn't like him. So let's hang him. Mm-hmm. 
So they decide to give him the cruelest death uh, imaginable. So they scourged him, beat him, cut him with knives, stoned him, pricked him with swords, and then finally they burned him to ash at the stake. Which is... A relatively common way to go when John Bunyan was writing this. Yeah. At least the last one. Yeah, your executions weren't just a singular method of execution. Nope. They tended to prolong it. Um, but here's the catch. Here's what none of them realized. They just shortened his journey. Exactly. Because when he dies, there is behind the crowd... Uh, when he dies and his his enemies have finished with him, there's a chariot with several horses that pull it. Uh, and as soon as he's dead, as soon as he dies, he gets on the chariot, and the chariot whisks him away up into the clouds, which is the shortest way to the gate to the celestial city. Yep. What do you think? I mean, that's. We'll talk about Christian before mm-hmm. we close the episode but mm-hmm. and his fate. <laughs> Since pretty much most of what you're going to hear in Vanity Fair has to do with faithful, although Christian's there beside him. Mm-hmm. But, but most of it's faithful and how his journey ends up. Yeah. What do you take from Vanity Fair? Well, there's one more thing that I want to add. Um, in some versions of the book, uh, Christian and, and Faithful kind of have a last word with each other mm-hmm. uh, before Faithful is executed. And Christian is, he's freaking out, obviously. Yeah. Um, but Faithful, as they carry him away, as they drag him away to be executed, Faithful turns to Christian and he says, Do not be afraid, brother, for I go ahead of you. Yeah. Don't be afraid for me. All they're doing is is shortening my journey. Yep. So he's he's not afraid of what they're going to do to him. Because he knows he knows the end game. He knows what's coming. Mhm. But vanity <laughs> and vanity fair um draw a lot of parallels with today. Yeah. Um, there was a lot of that then. There's even more of it now. Yeah. In an age where all I have to do is pick up the phone and I can buy whatever I want mm-hmm. to distract me from yeah. what's actually important. Well, and how often are, I mean, so much of our lives now, especially in a, in a Western country, mm-hmm. they're filled with nothing but distractions. Mm-hmm. And most of those dis- distractions are, in some way, shape, or form, help us with, with our own personal, I guess, identity of ourselves, mm-hmm. our status, or how we see ourselves in the community. Um, our job, mm-hmm. 
and how we look at work. Yeah. And then, I mean, even even with the kids, I mean, how many sports can you put the kids in? What are your What are your kids' stats? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I mean, it it starts early, and mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Although there's nothing wrong with kids playing sports, it's just the example. But that mm-hmm. can take up so much time and be a distraction mm-hmm. if if you're not careful with it. Yeah. And that's the thing about the things being sold and traded in Vanity Fair. Mm-hmm. All of them were shiny things. Shiny things distract. Yeah. It's it's new, it's shiny, new car. Mm-hmm. Because you know, it, it and it's hard in our nature to not go look at what I just got. Yeah. I got this new super shiny thing. I gotta take a picture of it. I gotta put it on the mm-hmm. internet. I gotta send it to my friends. Let me show everyone. Let me show everyone. Yep. See, and this is the thing, like in this book specifically, the reason this book is so popular for so long. Uh, and and why it leads to no matter who reads it, they understand it. Yeah. Because this book is about it's ob- very obviously about life. The difference is is that on this journey that Christian has taken, he's seeing all of these places as separate places. We or don't people. Or or people. We don't live in these separate places. No, it's all going on at once. It's all, yeah, it's all going on all at one time. We live in the city of destruction and Vanity Fair. Yeah. And all of these other places. Morality. All at the same time. Yeah. Morality, Vanity Fair. Legality's here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know. Worldly wise man on the TV or on your phone. It's all about distracting you from what is important. Everything that you do is about distracting you from what is important. When you're on your phone, when you're on Amazon, uh, or when you're shopping on your phone, when you go to the store, when you're on Instagram, when you're at work, yes, your job is a distraction from what's important. Because it can very easily turn into if one. you if you sit back and you think about it, what do you need to survive? What did they have in the Bible? Food, mm-hmm. water, a little bit of agriculture. Yeah, you can. That survive doesn't on mean that. that Paul didn't. There, there are TV. Survive being this a tent true. maker. This is saying. true. There's nothing saying wrong with saying that you can't make money. By all means, everyone does. Everyone needs a job. But you Paul pay for was your stuff. making money to live on to continue his mission. Yeah. He wasn't yeah. living to work. Mm-hmm. And the in the biggest... city of destruction, people literally were living to work. Yeah. Some people live That's to it. work because they're over their heads in debt. Mm-hmm. Other people live to work because of more of a Vanity Fair type thing. And it's mm-hmm. a job that they, they buy things. love thing that they, lo- you know, that they enjoy the status for or that they love very much. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot of people do love their jobs. And that's the idea. But do you love your job more than studying? Yeah. And is, is, is your more, love for something yeah. detrimental? Is it more important to you to go to your job and work every day so that you can have money to buy pretty things to show off to everyone that you know? 
Or is it more important for you to know the truth and the word and build that relationship with God and build that relationship with your family? Well, and some people can use their job to further yeah. their, their person, you know, their personal, I, I don't know, mission work, I guess, mm-hmm. maybe that with their giving and with, yeah, I mean, they, their, yeah. the work is a means to an end kind mm-hmm. of thing, you know, and, and a lot of things that could be a means to an end or mm-hmm. simply for me. Like, we ha- we have jobs. Like, everyone has a job. Mm-hmm. You have to be able to pay your bills. You know, you have to have power. You have to have water and sewer and, and all of these things. Um, the catch is realizing that everything around you is a trap. You have to be very careful of all the traps. And a distraction. Because it's very easy to become consumed with your job or with all your activities uh-huh. or i mean you there are some churches that are all consuming yeah because they want you on every committee or volunteering or on wednesdays and they want you on sunday mornings and sunday evenings <laughs> and church isn't necessarily yeah. bad i'm not I'm not trying to say that, but, but it, church can get in the way of your relationship with God. Yeah, it can become a distraction. Yeah, because yeah. you can be a Martha cooking for everyone, serving. Mm-hmm. You're yeah. serving, but Mary's at the feet of Christ learning. Yeah. And she, Martha was mad at Mary, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? And, yeah. and Christ is like, uh, she's where she needs to be. Yeah. So it, I always like that. Comparison, because <laughs> it's easy to do that. Mm-hmm. It's so easy to do that because we want to be there for our family. We want to do this for these people, and and wanting to give and be there for people is not bad. We're, we're supposed to be there for people and our neighbor and everything else. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, if we're not growing and going further down the narrow path and learning, yeah. how can we? Eventually, we're going to get to a point where. It's detrimental to our journey, and we can't help people as much as we should be able to because we didn't take the time to further our knowledge and further our time with God and prayer. Mm -hmm. Maybe we were supposed to pray, and we didn't pray or spend time in the Word, and we didn't do that, and it was, you know, we missed that time that was going to lead us to some, I don't know, some gate along the journey or some house along the journey or someone that needed it. Mm Mm-hmm. But if you don't have the time to spend with God, if all you spend with God is either watching something on your phone, on TV, or an hour or so at church, mm-hmm. if that's the only time you've got for God, how do you grow? Yeah. How, how do you get past the wicked gate, really, on mm-hmm. your journey? It's really hard to do that. And I know how hard it is to make time. It's mm-hmm. so hard to make time nowadays. We live in such a fast-paced world. And it's full of bright and shiny things mm-hmm. that like to distract us. And some of them aren't so bright and shiny. Sometimes it's bad stuff that distracts us. Yeah. And just gets in our head or gets us in a funk or gets us in this particular mindset. And we just 
it's not something that we want to pick up and deal with. Yeah. But I'd argue that's when you need it most. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when it's hardest. Well, the easiest thing to do is just is is to when you're when you're looking at something, obviously, uh, when you when you're thinking about buying something or, or picking something up, just say, "Do I need this? Do I really do I really need this thing, or am I doing this just? Am I doing this out of vanity? Because I want it. Yeah. Because I can. Mm-hmm. Because very well that money. You could might be, need it later. Mm-hmm. But it could be used to help someone else. Yeah. Very true. Mm-hmm. So, it's, I mean, it's very easy to fall off the side of the path. Yeah. Or turn aside pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Just, I mean, nowadays it's with the tap of a thumb. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. You spent three or four hundred dollars on Amazon. <laughs> Yeah. Going, how did that stuff end up in my cart, and how was it that expensive? Mm-hmm. Now, I like Amazon. Yeah, I do too. Like, it's I do too. The best things in sliced bread. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> I love that when I'm out of something, I can just order it and it's delivered to my door, and I don't have I don't have to oh. take the time away yeah, from yeah. You know, that's great. It mm-hmm. leaves more time for me to do the podcast or research or work on yep. something, so I don't have to run to the store and spend hours there. Yeah. But on the other hand. If I spend an hour it's looking dangerous. for something on Amazon. Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. It can be. Because you can go down, you can go selective. down a rabbit hole. <laughs> That's why I'm selective of our, our affiliate links. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty... I do my best to be selective. Mm-hmm. And I don't own every single one of the affiliate links. <laughs> I might own a few of them. Yeah. But maybe not all of them. <laughs> but yeah. I mean, Vanity Fair for me is, the most recognizable Mm -hmm. for people today. So, I mean, is there anything else you'd like to add about how Vanity Fair is to you? To be honest with you, I think if, if, if you read it or even just listening to us talk about it, it's very obvious. Yeah. Just see, and that's the like a thing where I mentioned before. Just, just knowing that your job, the television, the radio, the things you buy, just knowing that almost every, almost not all, almost everything that you see day to day is a distraction, purposely put there. To keep you from what's important. To try and distract you from what is important. Well, I think so often... Just knowing that... Is almost enough. Because then you can begin to pick it apart. Well, if you think about it... Mm-hmm. Just... Most of the time... We see these examples of I don't know I I would think of them as as bigger things well maybe not see these examples I've heard of a lot of examples of 
the the thing that comes to mind is the liar the the devil comes to kill to steal and to destroy yeah. that's that's you know you hear that one a lot okay he comes how does he come mm-hmm. that's the thing you have when people talk about it yeah uh typically when satan is talked about they talk about the liar Typically, he's not lying. Yeah. He's twisting. But, mm. I mean, when you look at your own life, how often were you hit with something big that was that was just evil, kind of bad? Yeah. Versus tiny little things all day. Tiny little things. Yeah. And we've talked about that before. Yeah. A chain of... Tiny little things. Non-stop little... (laughs) Until you're about ready to explode. Yeah. And you just stay in that funk. You want to talk about a distraction. Mm Mm-hmm. And not all distractions are... Vanity Fair is full of beautiful things. Yeah. Not ugly things. Yeah. So we need to keep that in mind because... Some of these distractions may look beautiful or look fantastic or and yet if you're not prepared mm-hmm. you may not see it for what it is. Yeah. And that doesn't mean that the distraction couldn't be used for good. Mm-hmm. Couldn't be I mean it these are things that are very very hard. Mhm to see and that could be on the one hand could be bad if you, you know, blaze off on this new job and work 80 hours a week and you know make all this money but have no time yeah. that that could be yeah that's a bad distraction it's shiny and new and pretty but on the other hand it could be in the same new job but you only work 40 hours a week mm-hmm. and you still have time for your family and whatnot still make more money which you in turn use the money for good yeah you, you know i think that we have to be careful when we're presented with things, little and big, mm-hmm. to decide, or, or to maybe not decide, but to be aware of how they work in our lives. Are they distracting us from reading and praying and coming to know our faith deeper? Or are they distracting, or, or are they just distracting us from it? Are they keeping us from it? Mm-hmm. Is is that all that it's doing? Is it has it made me more consumed with money or with buying things or has it? I, you know, there's yeah. so many different things. It's so hard to check yourself. Yeah, and I think that's why we like the accountability mm-hmm. uh, groups oh, sure. yeah. and partners because sometimes you can't see it. Yeah, and you need a person who knows you enough to go you know since you took that job you're really not home anymore or you you've canceled on us a lot you know just when we're doing bible study are you are you okay is something up and Mm -hmm. you need that partner you need that person in your life or group of people who can help you see things that you might not see because for a new like a new job or a new endeavor new hobby new New groups at church, new something, you know. It's typically mm-hmm. new, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> it's typically new and shiny, at least for you. 
but those are great things and they're exciting. Mm -hmm. And we all get excited and we all get kind of consumed. I know I go off the deep end a lot and you have to pull me back because I get to the point where I get burnt out on it. Yeah. Well, then I'm no good to anybody once I've burnt myself out on whatever I'm learning. Mm -hmm. I could probably tell you about everything to know within two weeks about the subject. Yeah. But then I don't want to talk about the subject anymore because... Mm-hmm. I've I've done so much research on it and listened to everything and learned everything for two weeks and wrote about it and I like I don't want to touch it I don't want to see it I don't want to <laughs> talk about it yeah that doesn't help me help people yeah and you help me not go down that rabbit hole I try well yeah sometimes <laughs> I still do and I'm working on not doing that but I I think that's important for us to all keep in mind and. Mm-hmm to try to be aware of. So I promised we would come back to explaining where Christian was pretty much through this whole thing. Yeah. So he was there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he was by Faithful's side. But Faithful did kind of take front and center yeah. stage on this one. Um, so when Faithful was executed and when all this was happening, they threw Christian back in jail. Mm-hmm. But through, I'm going to call it divine providence. Yeah. He was able to escape. He knew what had happened to Faithful. He was able to make it back on to the narrow path. Mm-hmm. And he went on singing about Faithful while he walked. Mm-hmm. And remembering him for what he did. Yep. And that is where we will leave him until next time. Mm-hmm. So... If you enjoyed this, and we hope that you did, (laughs) feel free to subscribe or share this episode or our uh, podcast with anybody. Um, There are plenty of affiliate links in the description. Um, We are Amazon affiliates, which means we could receive a commission if you do any of your Amazon shopping through any of those links um, at no cost to you, which is partly why we love it so much. And uh, there's lots of resources and different versions of Pilgrim's Progress in the description from audio to Kindle to print and some nice little gift versions that I've actually purchased. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, So please feel free to check those out. And if you'd like to support the show and what we're doing here, uh, feel free to do your Amazon shopping through Mm -hmm. one of those links if you like. Um, And if you're interested in seeing what we're doing through the week while we're getting prepared for our next episode, uh, feel free to check out our Facebook or Instagram feed. We have links to those in the descriptions as well. Mm-hmm. Um, typically, we end with quotes, but there's so much going on with John Bunyan yeah. that it was so hard to narrow it down. <laughs> so we just decided that we would do visual quotes on Instagram mm-hmm. while we are doing all of our Pilgrim's Progress discussions. So if you'd mm-hmm. like to check that out, please feel free. Um And I guess that sets us up for next time. So, until then, Mm -hmm. keep wandering, pilgrims.